Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, money. We're talking about money today. And I got to tell you, money is one of those irritating things. Money is one of those things where you can't ever have enough. You know, you can ask the richest person in the world, how much is enough? And what, what will they say? They'll say, just a little bit more. But here's the deal. Money never satisfies. Money was a tool given to us by the Lord to, to accomplish kingdom purposes, yet it occupies so much of our thoughts, and it becomes a ridiculous idol and God in our lives. And we need to put that God to death. We need to slaughter that the God of money and possessions on the altar to the Lord and just say, enough is enough. I mean, how many of you out there are sick and stinking tired of worrying about bills all the time? And how many of you are sick and tired of all the debt that you have? And how many of you are sick and tired of not having enough money to, to when somebody, God brings somebody to your life that they, they could use some help, you don't have any money to help them with. How many of you are tired of that? You know, I was at that point in my life in 1999 up to my eyeballs in debt, driving a, 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 as that commercial for the lending tree, guys riding his lawnmower in the front yard going, I'm a member of the, the uh, golf club, and I've got a brand new house, and I've got brand new cars. And then he looks, he looks at the screen, he goes, I'm up to debt my eyeballs. Somebody help me. That's where Martha and I were in 1999. And we had the blessing of being invited several times to get ourselves involved in a Crown Financial Ministries Bible study. And I know it's a long time, 
but they still have it available today. But that study taught us that my money wasn't my money, that God had blessed me with that money, that there was a whole other reason, and that the debt that I had was definitely slavery. I already knew it was a bad thing, but it was slavery. And, and that my whole purpose in accumulating goods would just bring me trouble. And so when I get the opportunity, I grab the local Crown Financial Ministries representative, Bob Swatland, and I bring him on the air. Why? Because Bob's so incredible on the radio. Well, he actually does have a great radio voice. But more so because I know that Bob and I share a heart and a passion for helping people not just get out of debt. That's a great thing. But a heart and passion for people's lives to be transformed by the Scripture when it comes to money and possessions. For us to understand stewardship in a godly, kingdom-minded way. Bob Swatland, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure to be here, as always. I, 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 uh, I would love for you to share the path that the Lord's taken in the last six months and, and, and the miraculous work He's done in your life. Well, the, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back a couple of years before the six months, okay? okay. Very, very quickly. Um, I came to the Lord uh, and was baptized here in Florida in August of the year 2000. Amazing. Thank the Lord. The Lord takes care of old guys like me, okay? Um, and uh, in our church, Starkey Road Baptist Church, they had a class on this thing called Crown Ministries. So I thought I would take that. And you know what? I thought I owned everything. I thought I was sovereign over the stuff that I had, okay? Well, 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 I learned that the Lord owns it all. The Lord is sovereign over it. And if we begin to trust him, um, uh, uh, there's a phrase that I use, and I use it uh, reverse, okay? It says, why pray when we can worry? So, folks, that's not, that's not you know, I'm just, I'm just saying we worry. But the Lord said, don't worry. Don't worry about these things. I'll take care of them. So uh, that's what he's really done. The difference in my life, if a satellite fell out of the air today and hit me and I died, I know that I would go to heaven. And that's the faith that I have in terms of the Lord, okay? I know that's going to happen. I'll spend eternity there. I'll spend eternity there. Unfailing assurance that I will spend eternity there. That's one of the differences. Number two, he, he provides in such a way. I've learned also that uh, his provision has nothing to do with the way that I, me, I think about how he should answer a situation. But you know what? His solutions are always more elegant and eloquent. So. It's an amazing thing how God provides for us. And it is often the case where, where we're asking for things and the Lord goes, you know what, if you would just shut up for a minute, I got something way better for you, but you're constantly begging me for garbage and I've got gold for you. Stop asking for the garbage. I got the real stuff for you. Listen, you already heard a little bit of Bob's heart. This conversation today is going to challenge you a little bit as we talk about money and possessions and the biblical perspective on that. Here's a question for you. Does your budget glorify the Lord? Had you ever even thought about that, that your budget should glorify the Lord? What percentage of your income is set aside to bless others? It's none of it's yours, but how much of it's set aside to bless others? You know, the, the understanding the biblical principles of money finance and possessions. In 1999, when I got invited to that study several times in 98 and 99, I just said, I already know everything there is to say about money and possessions. I've been tithing since I was 12 years old. I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> I was wrong. I was a little cocky at 23, 33, 33, sorry. Uh, and but what's amazing is the transformation that happened in my heart. And so I bring in Bob Swatland on with Crown Financial Ministries because if you're anywhere in a position like I was, I had 
Too much debt. I had desires to chase after all of that elusive thing they call success. I always wanted a bigger house. I wanted a faster car. I still kind of want a faster car, but I want to have friends have faster cars so I can drive their cars when I get bored with driving 30 on Gulf Boulevard. But I'm bringing Bob Swatland on because there's so much money. You know, when people, you look at the destruction of marriages in America, most of the destruction is caused by money problems. Well, I'm guaranteeing you, if you went through Crown Financial Ministries, money problems won't be the number one thing that destroys your marriage. It doesn't mean there isn't other things out there that can whack at your marriage, but getting money out of the way is a great start. Now, are there other great ministries out there that help people uh, get out of debt? Yeah, there are. But this study is not about getting out of debt. This is about the transformation of your heart to understand God's perspective. Bob, so you went through this study, you said in, in 2000, late 2000? Yes. Okay. And so you went through a study in late 2000. When did you become the area director for Crown Financial Ministries? It was like 2003, wasn't it? Well, somewhere around there. I started volunteering, and uh, all of a sudden it seemed like uh, this really made some sense, and I was enjoying what I was doing. So I became staff with Crown uh, at about that time. Well, I remember we met. We met at the Village Inn, uh, you know, a, a little over a decade ago. Uh, and. and uh, you, yes. I know that you're still scarred from that. You had to go get counseling afterwards, I understand. And I remember thinking, this guy got the job that I wanted, because I wanted that job. But that's okay. I mean, it, it's it's good that somebody had the job, and you your job is to get churches to be able to plug into this ministry. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's break out who is, you know, the, when I started learning Crown Financial Ministry, one of the things, the numbers that threw out all the time, listen, there's 2,350 verses on money and possessions yes. in the Bible. Yes. Jesus talked more about money and possessions than he did faith and love combined. Why? Why is the conversation, the biblical conversation about money and possessions so important? Why is that so important? Well, it's so important because that's the greatest competitor to Christ. No, period. I mean, that's that's the, that's like the end of discussion. It's a competitor right, to Christ. Okay, we're done for the day. I want to thank you very much for coming. That's I right. Hope Thanks that, for tuning in. I work for him today. <laughs> you know, if the Lord doesn't have control of your wallet, He doesn't have control of your heart. If He doesn't have control of your heart, He doesn't have control of you. And the key is that we want to trust Him. He tells us that we want to follow what He says, and you know what. Uh, many people think that crown is for people who are financially struggling. I'm sorry, it's not correct. Crown is for everyone, for the affluent, for the middle class, for the poor, and for the ultra poor. So it's really for people that have any money or possessions. Well, I guess we all have them, even the ultra poor who make a dollar a day. Uh, the poor make $2 a day. Now, there's almost 4 billion people who are in that category we're only 7 billion people on the planet. You know what? That, I think that tells us something, okay? We, we have too much faith in the bank account, in the stock market. We have too much faith. And sometimes these things become, I think you understand that, they become an idol. They replace God. And you know what? So that comes between you and the Lord. Now, just follow me. That means that your possessions, your car, your house, your, your brokerage account is closer to God than you are. What's wrong with this picture? Well, I think that what's it's amazing is that it is true. It doesn't matter at what possession level you are in within society. You always want a little bit more. Because I've met rich people that have, you know, you know, before I was a Christ follower, had more money than God. Obviously they don't. Um, 
but they they think they do, and and they've got plenty. I mean, more than plenty, enough plenty for like thirty or forty families, kind of plenty, and they still want more. I mean, Bill Gates still went to work a year ago. <laughs> I, you know why? Good grief, the guy's got seventy four billion dollars. Okay, but it doesn't matter. And Donald Trump, we all know he's got nine billion because he told everybody, and he wants to be the president of the United States. So, but but what's amazing about this is that people struggle with. I mean, money is a draw. Possessions are a draw. They're, they're, you know, Absolutely. you've seen it, I've seen it. Absolutely. You know what? I mean, poverty is in both those that are poor, those that are affluent, those that are middle class as well. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean poverty is in... Well, okay, come poverty, on, take that out a little poverty bit. Poverty may mean more than just financial, okay? Talks about uh, um, a spiritual. I think there's some spiritual deficits in there. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, um, uh, emotional. I mean... It's not just finances. Um, God's economy works a little differently than man's economy, okay? And <laughs> when we understand what God's economy is, then I think we, we're, we're starting to get on the right track. I shouldn't say starting. People, well, and, and let's describe what that, you know, first of all, the poverty thing. I, I, I don't want to jump beyond that because I believe that in 1999 when I got exposed to Crown Financial Ministries, I was poor. I had money. Actually, my balance sheet was kind of negative, but I was poor because I, I was hoarding it all for myself. I had, I had selfish worldly centered desires for my money and my possessions. Uh, I was busy keeping up with the quote unquote Joneses Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that would be poor. I had a neighbor who lived in uh, my neighborhood and he was moving to a smaller neighborhood. uh, uh, And I asked him why. And he said, well, you know what, in the smaller neighborhood, I could be the big fish. And then in the neighborhood there. And I think we look at that. I mean, we think that we have a status. We we collect those things, the possessions we spend to impress people that we really don't know and don't care about. Oh, I love it. When, when I was going through Confidential, they said, listen, so many people are trying to keep up with the Joneses. Did anybody ever ask the Joneses how much debt they're in? Oh, well. Because that, that was amazing to me when I really started to look at it. I'm trying to compete with people who are up to their debt, up to debt in their eyeballs. It looks, you know, it's like, I, I joke with Martha, we talked about this on a show five or four or five weeks ago. We used to have wave runners. We'd go in and out the intercoastal, just running up and down. I was too smart to ever own a boat. Wave runners are way cheaper to repair, but yet you still were repairing them. And we go up and down the fingers in the intercoastal waterway over there on the beaches near uh, Sand Key and Bel Air Beach and Indian Rocks Beach. And you'd drive by these gorgeous houses. Gorgeous houses with jungle gyms in the background, rainbow play systems, which are big wooden jungle gyms in the background. On a Saturday afternoon, no kids outside. Why? Because the parents are too busy working to pay for the really expensive house and the property taxes and the insurance to live on the water. (laughs) What do the kids really need? Kids need the parents. They could live in a mobile home and be happier. You talked about, you know, not enough. Okay, Rockefeller always wanted a dollar more, a dollar more. Um, where does it stop? Where does it stop? You know what? It takes a lot of worry to take care of all that stuff. You know that. Well, I mean, I've, you got security issues. You got this. That 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 takes a lot of work. Well, I know, and that was one of the things that I also noticed about my friends and, and people that I've gone to church with. That as they accumulated more and more and more, they got all the things that they wanted, and they still wanted more. But as they accumulated all those things, those things became extraordinary burdens to them. They, Absolutely. I mean, like piling on rocks on their back. That the simple life is what Christ lived, and he demonstrated he was at peace with the possessions that he had, which was the cloak that he had on, a back, on his back 
and his sandals that he had. And he had no worldly burdens when it came to possessions. So when we look at poverty, we truly look at poverty. It doesn't matter what level of income you have. There's still a level of poverty, whether it's poverty of heart or poverty of spirit or poverty yes. of you know, money in your, your wallet. But I want to turn the conversation into this is an incredible conversation to bridge into having conversations with people at work because the people that we work with, they're struggling with their money. And you wrote down the word peace. That is really, that's, and so I'm sneaking off your paper. You wrote it nice and big so I can read it across the table. But that's really the indicator. When God is in charge of your money and possessions, all of a sudden you're not, you're not, you no longer worry about providing for yourself because you, you realize your heavenly father's already got your back and you can be at peace with where you are. Have you experienced peace? I mean, I, I, I think that we all have at a certain point in time. Um, about three years ago, I was uh, looking to refinance on a mortgage, okay? And you know what? I've never gone through so much difficulty and, and detailed work uh, with the underwriters to, get the, uh, to, to come to a decision. On the Friday before the decision, I had absolute peace. If I got it, fine. If I didn't get it, I was fine. But it was a peace that I enjoyed, and I keep looking to go back to that peace because it's, the Lord was taking care of it. And that's what I... That's what I knew. Well, and that's that piece that passes all understanding. That's what we're talking today with Bob Bob Swatland from Crown Financial Ministries. You can find him online at crown.org. You can reach Bob locally at 727-392-6364. 727-392-6364. We'll have that posted on Facebook tonight. And his email address, swat, A-I-C, at AOL.com. Bob, you know only old people have AOL email addresses. Well, I just I just upgraded to nine point eight two. Seriously, I'm, I'm you know I'm you up know, there now. It might be time to get a Gmail address or something. I don't know. SWAT AIC at AOL.com. You can tell Bob loves you know AOL. He got one of those free discs twenty years ago from AOL, and he's never upgraded since. Jim, you know my license plate says SWAT man. Okay, right. let me tell you what SWAT stands for. Not what you may think it is in that military or police term. It stands for stewards who are trustworthy. SWAT, stewards who are trustworthy. You made that up because your last name is Swatland. Did you make up your last name then after that? No, not at all. But you know what? I wish I had thought of that. Somebody had to tell me that. (laughs) Stewards, stewards, stewards who (laughs) Who are trustworthy. trustworthy. All right, Bob, as we talk about the impact, you know, we're talking about money and possessions and the biblical perspective on that. And And I love talking about it, but a lot of people are like, yeah, but well, how does this really apply to the workplace? Well, here's what I know for a fact. The people that we work alongside, they're struggling with money. I mean, people all over Tampa Bay, they're struggling with money. People everywhere outside of the Beltway in Washington, D.C., they're struggling with money. Up inside the Beltway, they're spending our money. They're struggling with it, too, because how much is enough for Washington, D.C.? Not just a little more. A whole bunch more. I mean, one of the presidential candidates is suggesting $19 trillion in new tax revenue, by the way. That's a pretty big increase. So, you know, there's never enough in Washington, D.C. to pay their bills. It doesn't matter if they balance the budget. They still spend more than they need. You and I suffer from the same thing. We just do it on a little different scale. Mm -hmm. The last time I checked, my checking account has never had a billion dollars in it. Yet, it's had always enough. What's been amazing is that since we committed our lives to living a biblically centered, kingdom-minded budget in the Brangenberg household in 1999 that we've always had enough. And at the same time, we've had some big-time down, downturns. We've lost money in businesses in the past. We've, we're debt-free. 
and the Lord provided for Amen. our kids to get out of college debt-free with cars that are paid for. God has held together a car that we've had for a decade. We're debt-free on the car. I mean, God transformed our lives, our thinking because of this Bible study. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's it's amazing. But you, you, you tied it all down when we were talking off the break that it's really about beliefs because beliefs control behavior. Talk to me about that. Well, uh, uh, belief does control behavior. You, you're going to operate on what you believe, okay? And just as you believe in the Lord and have faith in the Lord that um, um, uh, you will spend eternity with him, you, you operate on that belief, okay? Now, your behavior sometimes may not match your belief. You may have the knowledge, okay? Uh, and you believe that, yes, I, I should have a budget. I should be doing this and you don't really sort of have it, you know what? So uh, there's, a, there's an imbalance there. And I think what Crown attempts to do uh, is to make sure that your belief and your behavior are pretty much the same, okay? That's what we want to do. There's two, you mentioned 2,350 uh, verses about money and possession. Do you think that's important? So when, if we begin to understand what they say, well, debt, okay? Just as the rich rule the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. We all know that. And you know what? We don't, when we look at, I look at you or look at other people here in the studio, I don't see what's going on on the inside. The Lord sees that. You look peaceful to me. I mean, uh, other people do, but you know what? There's Could turmoil, again. there's stress. I look, I look peaceful. Oh, yes, you do. You're just high, high octane, but you look peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. I'm okay with that. High octane, but peaceful. I like that. See, Martha, listen, high octane, but peaceful. All right, but what you talked about more people care really about their credit score. They, they're, oh. they're so worried about their credit score. Oh. What you call it the FICO score. That's what people call about when you're trying to get a mortgage. Yes. Their, their credit yes. score. They're all worried about their credit score. But yet, there's a score that's more important than that. Oh, and what is that score, Jim? How about your score on God's scale of how you handle money and possessions? Because it doesn't really, well, first of all, well, I don't know, Bob. You explain this. This is your well, show. What's what score do they call? Right. You were going to compare. I want to make I want to make comment about the FICO score. Okay, right. you know what uh, we use that our our economy and culture uses that to score our um, ability to repay debt and uh, uh, and and operate within our income. You know what? It uh, that's financial success, quote unquote, to the world. Mm-hmm. Financial faithfulness is a little different. That's God's economy, okay? And God's economy is, well, this thing called stewardship. I'm going to give you a definition of stewardship. Stewardship is not ordering your life so that you can spend whatever you want. Stewardship is ordering your life so that God can spend you in any way he wants to spend you. Wow, what the heck does that mean? Well, let me let me put that in, in, in my terms, because in 1999, when we went through Crown Financial Ministries, Martha and I realized our, our money-spending lives were out of control. We had, we, we got ourselves up, up to debt, up to our eyeballs, and we said, Lord, what we realized is that if God ever called us to full-time ministry, there's no way we could ever do that if we were in debt. Because I mean, because we kept seeing people who are going, well, I really would love to be in youth ministry. I really love to be in pastoral ministry. I really want to be a missionary, but I can't do it because I get too much debt. That's right. And so that's really what you're saying. God, if if our money situation can keep us from accomplishing ministry because we're in the wrong spot because we've we, we've idolized money instead of God. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
talk about those young men and women who are coming out of schools today, okay? With $100,000 in debt. That's a, that's $100,000. I mean... My first house costs less than $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, not, isn't that what we're no. supposed to say? We're supposed to say that. And obviously did your when, first house cost less than $100,000? Yes, it did. Okay. And now, uh, and, and now we have credit cards where you can buy $100,000. You can, you can charge $100,000. All I'm saying is... Young men and women Think of the come points out. You'd get. <laughs> young men and women come out of school, okay, wanting to go to the ministry, but the boards are going to say, "Sorry, uh, uh, you have uh, ninety-five thousand dollars in debt. I'm sorry, you can't come into the ministry. You'll never pay that." Think of the stress that's associated with that. Uh, uh, Proverbs twenty-two-seven. You're, you're you're a servant. You're a slave, really, to the debt. Well, and that's what you know. Usually, every day when I open up the show, I quote Romans twelve two, which you brought up in, oh. in, well, off the break. But th- I usually say this because it takes in order to be a Christ follower in the workplace. And really, in order to be a Christ follower, when it comes to how we spend our money, it takes a paradigm shift in our minds, which Romans 12, 2 talks about. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they're screwed up. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. One of the stories I heard when we were studying Crown Ministry back in 1999 was the baptism of the Crusaders. That were that were heading to Israel or heading to Jerusalem to take back the capital for Christ. That they would get baptized, but they would do what, Bob? Do you remember the story? Absolutely. You know, I wish you were on TV because then I could show that with my sword. Okay, you've got a face for radio, Bob. I have a. Yeah, thank you. The uh, the uh, that's what people tell me all the time. The, I don't know. The church had to hire mercenaries. They didn't have enough mercenaries uh, to carry on. Okay, but they decided that they should baptize them. So what happened was they would baptize them. And if you could see, this is the mental picture. You're holding your nose, you're under the water, except your arm is out holding the sword up, saying, I'm going to make my decisions as to who I can kill and plunder and whatnot. Well, well we, we do the same thing today. We do it with our wallets. With our wallet, yes. And that's and that was what I realized is that, Lord, you can have my life, but you can't have my wallet. You can oh. have my life, but you can't control my spending decisions. You can have my life, but I really want that. So that's what this is all about, understanding that, listen, Jesus is the hope. I've heard this said so many times, just slow down. All of the people that you work with are looking for hope. All of the people that you stand side by side with in your neighborhood or in your church, they're looking for answers. And here's the bottom line. It's a six-letter word, Jesus. Oh, that's five. five. (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) It's five letters. Wow, that was rough. Sorry, it's only a Monday and I said that. Jesus is the answer to all the questions people are asking. And when it comes to, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. My, my kid's in a hospital. I got too much. I got, and if people would just surrender their lives to Christ and surrender their wallet alongside, I've seen God do miraculous, yes. unbelievable things. In fact, one of the funniest things that I learned to do as, as I was teaching Crown Financial Ministries was people would come to us and go, listen, we have so much debt. We can't tithe. And I'd say, listen, Mm-mm. you're never going to get out of debt until you start to tithe. Yes. And they're like, what? They're like, listen, God's economy is different than your economy. And 100% minus 10% equals 100%. But right now, your 100% is not enough. But you take out the 10%, your 100% is going to be enough. And what's amazing is the people that took that challenge, they saw God's hand. 
They saw God's hand time and time again where he provided because they put their trust in him and said, okay, God's given me 100%. He's just asking me to trust him with 10% back because he wants to make sure that I am relying on him instead of myself. He can do more with 10% than we can do with 200%, okay? Absolutely. Now, you mentioned hope. Hope. Here's my definition. This is not, well, I hope it doesn't rain this afternoon. I hope the temperature stays warm here in Florida. Hope is unfailing assurance, and we have hope. Uh, Jeremiah talks about that. We have hope, and that's unfailing assurance in what the Lord will do for us, okay, if we are faithful to him. Have you ever sat with your uh, young daughter or niece or nephew, three or four years old, sitting on your lap, and the little gal or guy is trying to button the jacket or zip up the, the, the jacket? Sure. And you sit there, you look at these little fingers going nowhere, and you say, let go so I can help you. Oh, wait a minute. How do you think that applies to us? Do you think the Lord looks down upon us and says, let go so I can help you? Trust me. Trust me. And, and there's so much power in that. but And that's what I saw in my own life, is when I was willing to give up the reins, I understood that this pursuit of, quote-unquote, success, where I was never going to be satisfied, would constantly leave me empty. But when I started pursuing the Lord, all of a sudden I started experiencing that peace that passed all understanding. Financial success, by our world standards, is not financial faithfulness. Uh, there's a difference between the two. Um, success to the world is measured externally. Faithfulness is measured internally. All right, Bob, God's economy versus man's economy. There's some differences. Let's, let's spell yes. them out. All right. Um, uh, let's talk about, we're going to talk about economic forces. Uh, what's the purpose, okay? God's economy, it's trustworthy stewards. In uh, man's economy, it's personal fulfillment, happiness. All about me, 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 me. Um, what are the goals? Uh, are they different? Well, God's economy, it says, follow God's will, okay? He has a plan for us. It's a good plan. Um, however, man's economy says, me, 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 again, benefit yourself. Um, world's message is different. Um, sometimes I read some local newspapers, and uh, when I look at the editorial page, I know I take the opposite position. <laughs> you know what? I'm fine, okay? My, my position is correct. Um, what's the definition of success? Um, wh what's your idea of success in terms of God's economy, may I ask? I just want to be used. I mean, if I, can, if I can see that my life has made an impact on other people's lives, that's what I view as success. And in God's economy, I, I think he just wants, to, I want to be available and be used. Would you say like faithfulness? I mean, well, sure, I'm going to define be faithful. as faithfulness. Sure, faithfulness, okay? sure. Um, man's economy says achievements, more possessions. Higher income, bigger house, as you talked before. Faster car. You'll get a faster car someday. Do you think they got racetracks in heaven? I always wondered that. You know, uh, they do. Next to the stables. Next to the stables. Yeah. There are animals in heaven. How do you think the Lord's coming down on that white horse when he finally got? Yeah. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what, what's the return on life energy? We're talking about God's economy versus man's economy. Um, return on life energy is, is eternal rewards. Because um, a lot of people are chasing after those worldly rewards, those earthly rewards, which are, they all end up in a dumpster somewhere or a landfill. I mean, everything we own ends up in a dumpster somewhere. When we die, all the pieces go back in a box. All of our possessions go back in a box somewhere, okay? Um, here's, here's, man's, here's man's reward. Can you hear that on the air? It's clapping. And that's man clapping for man because man raises man. 
Um, let's hear what God has to say about money and finances, okay? And um, all right, source of significance. Uh, we're children of God. Uh, he has designed each of us with a plan and purpose. Um, the world says, hey, work, riches, and power. That's my significance. Um, what drives people in God's economy? I think it's for God's glory. I think he is, well, we, everything we do is for God's glory. I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to serve him. Um, that was a tougher concept for me to understand. Why? When I was newer in my oh. faith, it was harder for me to understand that it was all about God. Because I thought, that's kind of, I don't know. Because if we put that in a human perspective, if it was all about me, that'd be terrible. But when it's all about God and his great glory, when we start to really walk with him, all of a sudden we start to understand all that he's done for us. And none of it is self-centered. It's because he is good and he is truth and he is sovereign and he is, um, he's all knowing and he's everywhere and he's all powerful. I mean, it's just, we, we, we try to put God in a box and we can't. We always do. Yeah, we do. All right. We've got, we've got to look at the emotional state because this is really what, what transformed my life. Cause we got to move on to the last piece. I want to make sure people know all the different things that crown offers that emotional state. When, when, I was in my worldly emotional state. I was always dependent on circumstances. Yes. You know, am I going to get the next deal? Am I going to be able to pay that next bill? I was constantly worried. I, I, I. Yep. Just... And then we were challenged in one of the sessions to memorize Philippians four eleven through 13. I, sure, I've read the verse before, but it never had made that much. And so as I memorized that verse uh, from Paul, Paul's writing to the Philippians. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances that I'm in. I've learned to get along in humble means. I've learned to get along in prosperity. In any of, in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both in abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens Christ. me. Amen. And when I started to realize, I'm like, okay, Paul, in order for Paul to really follow Christ, he had to give up everything he ever owned worldly. Because he gave up yes. all those positions of prestige and power to be a Christ follower. Absolutely. And and I and he was content in all of that. And he had been beaten to death several times and lived. And he learned to be content in that. Wow. So if Paul could be content, I can learn to be content. But it wasn't something that came naturally. And that's the hope that we can bring to people is that this is something that God can do. It's one of those miraculous restoration processes he can do in our lives. Is contentment is something that he can build in us. Well, the Lord, the Lord through his sacrifice and obedience to the Father, um, reestablished the relationship between God and man. Don't forget that relationship was broken with Adam, okay? Uh, now, the Lord came back to reestablish. Now, now we're, the second, we're, we're like second factors there, okay? Because our sins have been forgiven by that, but... The purpose was restoration of the relationship between God and man, okay? Crown ministry is a ministry that transforms lives, reduces stress, improves marriages, and draws people closer to Christ through the application of biblical financial principles. We've got a copy of the book giveaway that talks all about this called Your Money Counts, put out by Crown Financial Ministries and Howard Dayton, Your Money Counts. Call into the studio line now. I'll also give you a copy of... Building 429's latest CD, Unashamed. And I know I got a tons of friends all over Tampa Bay that listen to the show, and they're like, 
well, I don't really feel like I can call in and win something. Why not? I got people that I don't know that are calling in. Why can't my friends that I know to call in and win a prize? I'm giving all of them permission to do so yeah, right now. please do. Call in the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Now, the Crown Financial Study is not the only thing that Crown Financial's involved in anymore, Bob. You, you got lots of other stuff, and you get a whole minute to talk about it. Oh, okay. So, um, so it starts with the small group studies, the Money Life Personal Finance Study, which is the old Crown Financial Ministries. Uh, yes, and and that uh, that study's been updated and made a little more modern. I think I just a want to say it that way. Uh, well, okay, a lot more. Yes, that's true. Uh, online, online access to it. Um, so we have yes, we have certainly the uh, um, all of the small group studies, one on one on one one on one assistance, money map coaches. Uh, we have counselors that will help people. Um, understand who owns everything, who is sovereign over it. Uh, book studies, uh, SALT, S-A-L-T, is is one of the studies. Uh, the root of uh, the root of, the the root of uh, oh good gracious the root of evil. Okay, no, that's right. The root, the root of, of riches. Good. How about the root of riches? Oh yeah, thanks, Jim. <laughs> uh, that talks about good trees produce good fruit. Okay, so the roots are solid, secure, and strengthen, and they produce good fruit. Um, um, uh, large group seminars. We have full day seminars to encourage people to come to uh, and join uh, uh, join the uh, um, the individual studies, video studies. Um, uh, things are just different now. I mean, there's more available uh, to help people, um, no matter what their preference is as far as study is concerned. So, and all of this is available on Crown.org, correct? That is correct. Crown.org, yes. and you can reach Bob Swatland. At 727-392-6364, 727-392-6364. If your church isn't offering Crown Financial Ministries, you need to talk to them because that it is a study that every church, it's different than Dave Ramsey. I'm telling you, this is about a transformational heart experience. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're talking with Bob Swatland from Crown Financial Ministries about the biblical principles of finance. That's what Crown is all about. And I can tell you, it's just a transformational study that you as a Christ follower absolutely have to go through. But it then gives you another tool to help people that you work with to understand that God's word is very specific and has all kinds of solutions for them to get out of trouble financially. Whether it is because they, I mean, it's all about the heart issues that cause us to have financial problems. You know, Bob, we mentioned off the air, and we got to talk about it. Florida is one of those great places where you drive down the road, it drives me nuts. People have garages. No, there's no basements here in Florida, so you can't really, except like maybe five. You can't hide your junk in your basement. Correct. So they put it in their garages. And what's funny is you see on Saturdays, you're riding your bike by, and the garage doors are up, and the garages are full of garbage, and they're $100,000 of the cars are parked on the driveway getting eaten alive by the sun and the UV. Absolutely. Now, there's something else, too. Uh, besides the garages, we have gone to a thing called— Well, when the garages get filled, they got to go somewhere. Where do they go? Storage. Storage units. Storage units have become how many billion-dollar industry? We're multi-billion-dollar. I don't know the number, but it's multi-billion. Billion is quite a bit. You know that, of course. Well, I don't know. They, they spend it every minute up in Washington. <laughs> oh, so it sounds like it's not very that. much money. Even more than But you know what? That's an industry that we have. We're unique in that in terms of the world. Uh, I mean, you go to other uh, Europe, for example, you go to uh, uh, Asia, they don't have storage units. So, because they don't have all, a bunch of excess junk. Well, you know, that's true. That's true. Well, well, And it's really an indicator of our walk with the Lord. We have a whole bunch of stuff that 
we want to have, but yet we can't use it because it's in a storage unit or in our garage and we can't find it. And, and it's such a blessing to be able to give stuff away. Martha and I made a commitment right when we got married that we, if we didn't use it in a year, we gave it away. Amen. So that we didn't have a storage unit or a garage full. You can put a car in my garage. Listen, been a fast-moving conversation. Bob, thanks so much for being on the air with me today. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Crown.org, Bob Swatland, 727-392-6364. If your church doesn't have a biblical finance perspective, Crown Financial Ministry Bible study, they need to talk to Bob Swatland. Swat, A-I-C, at AOL.com. Thanks for tuning in today. What did you learn today about how we can take this city for Christ? today that our money, how we spend our money is truly just an indicator of where we are with the Lord. And that the deeper in our understanding of our faith walk with the Lord, the way, the way we treat our money and possessions is totally different. And that understanding stewardship, that we're just managing the things that God has entrusted to us. And then he wants to know not just what he can do with our stuff, but what he can do with us. And if our stuff owns us, God can't use us. And if the bank owns us, if we're slaves to the bank, then he can't use us as efficiently as he could if we were just all his. Crown Financial Ministries just help open up your eyes to what the Bible has to say in those 2,350 verses about money and possessions. One of the most transformational experiences in our marriage and in our lives. I thought I knew it all, but I didn't. Crown.org. Crown.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business. But you know what? I learned a long time ago, I work for him.